Well, good morning. Listen, if we haven't met, my name is Joe. I am uh, one of the pastors here. And uh, Casey's question earlier about are you uh, one of the people who think it's too early to to uh, be playing Christmas music? I, I, I don't know why that would be the appropriate answer. You look around outside, there's snow on the ground. We're supposed to be singing about this season. Maybe that's just my opinion. But I woke up this morning and I was excited. I mean, it was beautiful yesterday to sit and watch the snow start to fall. Wake up this morning after a night where it snowed all night and kind of walk outside and realize, okay, my kids are going to be jazzed when they wake up this morning. Um, I may not be able to get them to do anything because they're going to want to go outside and play in this stuff. And that's beautiful. You know, this, this season. I love this season. I love the season of Advent. I don't know what's happening. Um, I love the season of Advent. I love what it, what, it, what it represents. I love that it represents the coming of Jesus. You know, when Jesus came, I, I, there, this, was, this, was one, this was one of the two most important events in human history. In the newspaper world... When something extraordinary happens, something that is, is immense, and I went back and looked at when I saw this, you know, when, when there was the, when, when 9-11 happened, when the Berlin Wall went down, when the Challenger explosion happened, they used a font that they don't use very often. It's the largest font in all of newspaper, in, in all, the, all the newspapers in the world. It's called the Second Coming Font. That's what it's called within the, wor- within the world of journalism. It's, it's a font that is basically half the size of the newspaper. It's the second coming font. It is meant to grab everyone's attention even from a distance. And when Jesus arriving, with Jesus arriving, that font wouldn't, that was such a big event, that font wouldn't have done it justice. But not just because it was Jesus arriving as God in human form. It wouldn't have done it justice because, truthfully, it was the ultimate light in a dark place. You know, when we look around this world and we realize that Jesus showed up, Jesus showed up and He brought a light into a dark place. And when we look around our world today, we can see that that darkness is still here. We can look around, even in these beautiful moments where you look outside and there's snow on the ground and the the sun shines off the snow and it just looks bright. In the middle of that, there's darkness going on all around. Things that can weigh us down. Things that can be overwhelming. But Jesus came to herald something new. And we see in the book of Isaiah... I, I love this scripture. The, uh, in Isaiah chapter 9, beginning in verse 2, it says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. You see, the darkness that we experience is not just new to this, it's not just for this time, it's been since the fall of humanity. And people who were walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince 
of peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Heavenly Father, I come to you today, and in a world of darkness, I thank you for the light of Jesus. I thank you that because Jesus came, we get the opportunity to get to know you more. We get the opportunity to call upon your name. We get the opportunity when we are confused to call upon a wonderful counselor who never is confused. When we feel weak, we get the opportunity to call upon a mighty God whose strength has no end. When we feel scared, we can climb into the lap of an everlasting father. And when everything seems to be falling apart around us, we can call upon the name of the Prince of Peace. I thank you for this. And Lord, I pray today that as we enter your presence and as we spend time in your word, that we get to know you more and more. In your name I pray, amen. You see, that's the truth, guys, that Jesus, Jesus came as the light in a dark place. And our series big idea for this next four weeks is something that I want, you, I, want, I want us all to be able to wrap our minds around. And I believe that these verses lay out a way that we can do this. You see, our series big idea is that Jesus came so that all people can call upon God and trust in Him. You see, we can call upon God and we can trust in Him because of who He is. You see, this is the good news of the gospel. This is the good news of the gospel. God, from his nature as love, he made us. He showed us how to live, and, but we chose our own way. Our sin separated us from God and brought us into that dark place. But God had a compassionate plan. The Father sent his Son, Jesus, to restore all that was broken. We couldn't comprehend Jesus or his supposed kingdom. His message was radical and offensive. So we killed him. But a greater story, a compassionate story, was still being told. The Father placed the wrongdoings of the world, past, present, and future, on Jesus, making a way back to himself now. Through Christ's life, death, burial, and resurrection, we can be raised to new life. Free from all condemnation as God is making all things new. His spirit now lives in all who believe, and we are called to take his spirit to all people, even to the ends of the earth. You see, this is the good news of the gospel, that Jesus was the compassionate plan of God. Jesus, who was, who was God, that means he was 100% divine, became man, meaning he is 100, was 100% human, lived the perfect life, died the death that we deserve, rose again on the third day and conquered death, hell, and the grave. That means he's 100% powerful or 100% sovereign. So that we could be brought back into relationship with God the Father. You see, mankind had fallen into a darkness that we created because of sin, but God had a compassionate plan. And Jesus, his plan came to make a way. You see, Jesus came to make a way. Jesus came to make a way. He came so that all can know God. 
Jesus came, and to phrase my friend Casey, Jesus came as God in a bod. That's the only rhyming you're going to get from me today. But he came as God in a bod so that we could get to know the Father. John 14, 7 says, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. As we get to know Jesus, as we fall into love with Jesus deeper and deeper, We get to know him more and more. And in that, we also get to know the father more and more. But Jesus didn't come just, didn't, didn't come and it didn't stop at just knowing the father. Jesus came so we can also came so that we can all experience life with the father. Jesus came so that we can experience life with the Father, life that's outside of the darkness that we created, life that is meant for something more. My, one of the, you guys, if you've listened to me preach, I almost use this every this scripture almost every single time that I that I preach because it's my it's probably my favorite verse in all of Scripture. John ten ten says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You see, Jesus came so we could experience life with the Father. That is life to the full. He came so that we could enter in, so we could know God, so that we could have life to the full. And Jesus came also so we can confidently call upon the name of God in prayer. You see... Jesus doesn't just want us to know God. He doesn't want us just to experience life with God. He wants us to be able to walk to God's throne with confidence and know that regardless of our circumstances, regardless of what's going on, we can approach God and know that His nature, His life, His whole being is for us. And the verse in Isaiah tells us how we can call upon the name of God. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You see, there are going to be times in our lives when we don't know what to do and we need a counselor. We can call upon the name of God as Wonderful Counselor. There are going to be times in our life when we feel like we are being beaten down, like we are weak, we can't move forward, and we need to call upon the author of all strength, the mighty God. And we can do that by calling upon God's name. There are times when the world feels scary and we need, we need even as adults, we can get scared and we need to climb in the arms of a loving father. Because in the arms of a father, nothing can get to us. We can call on the name of an everlasting father. And there are times when it feels like everything is chaotic and we need peace and we can call upon the name of the Prince of Peace. But you see, we can do this not just for ourselves. We can do this for ourselves. We can trust him because he is all those things. And when we call upon his name, he will do all that he has ever promised to do. But we can also approach him for other people. You see, Jesus came to be our wonderful counselor and he calls us to courageously seek him in our prayers for ourselves and others. Scripture tells us in Ephesians 6.18, it says, and pray in the spirit 
on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. You see, we can pray in all circumstances, regardless when we approach someone. If, 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 I'm, if I'm walking through something, if, if I'm walking through something, I can approach God for me. But, if, my, but if, I am walk, if I have a friend who's walking through something, if my friend Paul is having, a, is having a struggle, I can pray with Paul to the wonderful counselor, to the mighty God, to the everlasting Father, and to the Prince of Peace. And my friends, it's what we are called to do. We are called to not just look out for the opportunities to pray, but to actually go out and do it. You see, we are supposed to call upon the name of God. We are supposed to pray for each other and we are supposed to point others to Him. But how often do we just not do that? How often is it when somebody comes to, comes to one of us with a problem and I can raise my hand and say I can fall into this trap as well. People come to me with things all the time. I, I get folks who come and they bring issues and bring struggles that they're dealing with. And, and how often do I say, well, that's way above my pay scale. Like, that's above my head. I don't need to be stepping into that. I, I'm not the guy who's qualified. And I say, you know what? You need to go get some help. When in all honesty, the ultimate help is right here. That doesn't mean that counseling and support groups and things aren't important. But if our response, if our response is not rooted and grounded in the Holy Scripture of God and in the trust that He is the wonderful counselor, that He is the mighty God, He is the Prince of Peace, He is the everlasting Father. If we're not going there, then where are we really placing our trust? Where are we really placing our trust? You see, our willingness to run to Christ first shows where we really do place our trust. Our confidence is directly linked to our faith. Prayer is how we express our faith. And truthfully, it begs the question that I just asked. Where do we put our faith? Where is our confidence? Is it in God or is it something else? You see, because the truth is, it is hard to pray with others when our confidence is not in God. It's hard to pray with others when our confidence is not in God. It's something that if we find ourselves and people are coming to people are in your world are having struggles because they are. Scripture tells us in this world you will have troubles. That's not just me, that's everybody. It doesn't say in this world Joe will have troubles. It says in this world you will have troubles. That's all of us. When people are struggling if we aren't consistently pointing them to the to the wonderful counselor then it's a moment where we need to stop and examine who do we really trust but friends i want to tell you that um, as followers of christ our confidence can be firmly rooted in one who never fails our confidence should be firmly rooted in one who never fails. Our confidence in our own lives and our confidence in our prayers with others. You see, our teaching big idea tells us where our confidence should be rooted. It says, I will look to Jesus as my wonderful counselor. I'm going to look to him first for me because I trust him. 
and point others to him in prayer. And in my encouragement and in my time with others, I'm going to seek him out with them in prayer because Jesus is the only true answer to every problem that ails this world. You see, I will look to Jesus as my wonderful counselor and point others to him in prayer. It was about a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks. Um, I was having my, uh, my every day, about every day morning phone call with a friend. Um, I have a fr- I have a couple friends here. One who's an incredible encourager calls me every day just to check in and make sure that I'm doing okay. And um, he drives for the uh, he drives for the Council on Aging. And that morning, I was on speakerphone, and he introduced me to a young man named Jason. And uh, Jason is a young man who uh, with a developmental disability who. Over the speakerphone, I got to meet, never met him before. We joked. We talked about my friend's really bad dad jokes. We talked about a lot of interesting other things. And then Jason goes, Pastor Joe, can I pray for you? And he took a moment and he prayed for endurance. He he prayed for patience and he prayed for wisdom. You see, Jason didn't know it. But in that moment, I needed that. In that moment, I needed him to courageously approach the throne of God on my behalf because I was having an off day. You see, Jason, because of where his confidence was, his confidence in Christ, having never met me and not knowing that I needed it, stopped what he was doing and prayed for me. And we have the opportunity to do the same. And we can do the same. We can pray for other people with the same confidence because of some truths that we know about the counsel of the wonderful counselor. These are things that maybe Jason couldn't put into words, but I know he knows to be true. And he shared all three of these with me in one small moment. You see, the first thing that we know about the counsel of Christ and part of the reason we can confidently approach the throne of grace in our own lives and in our prayers with others is because the counsel of Christ is wise, loving, and true. The counsel of Christ is wise, loving, and true. The book of James says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. The counsel of Christ is wise. We can trust it. Listen, so, so often when we look for counsel, we look for counsel with people who have only experienced the same amount of life that we have. I hate to break it to you, but most of the time, that's not going to be wise counsel. 
I mean, I got, listen, I got a 12 year old at home and when she comes home and tells me the, 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 the advice she gets from other 12 year olds, sometimes I have to hold back from laughing. We have to look for counsel from places where we are going to experience the wisdom of God. My dad came to visit this last weekend. And on multiple occasions, I've had conversations with my dad where I've said, Dad, I don't know what to do. Will you pray about this with me? And his response is always, it seems to almost always be really simple. Joe, I know exactly what you should do, but I'll pray about it. And um, it turns out he was right. But the reason that he was so confident saying, I know exactly what you should do, He'll tell you, he says, Joe, I've been following Jesus and walking with him for over 50 years. He goes, I've spent time that's in the presence of the Father and walked through things with the Father and I know what his counsel says because every bit of counsel he, he brings me is rooted and grounded in Scripture. You see, we seek out counsel that is wise and loving and true, and it is the counsel from the good, from the wonderful counselor. So the, the first reason we can trust in that and trust in the, in the counsel of him is because his counsel that is wise, loving, and true will never fail us. The second reason is this, is that the counsel of Christ brings hope in uncertain times. I don't know about you, but when uncertain times hit me, I don't always respond the best. I don't always respond the best. My mind goes different places. My, my emotions can carry me down the road. But in, the, in those uncertain times, the counsel of Christ brings hope. And we see that David, King David, who was called a man after God's own heart, writes about this in Psalm 73. I believe that he's taught this. When you see these scriptures, you get to see some of these words that can come alive in your own life. You see, when my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, those are the, those are the hardest times. I mean, when, when grief is overwhelming or when the world seems to be crashing and we just get embittered, I, I, we, we respond poorly. It says, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yet... I am always with you. You hold me by your right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and after your word, you will take me into glory. You see, when Jesus is our counselor, when Jesus is our wonderful counselor, he brings hope, not only temporary hope, but eternal hope, because he is the bringer of life. When we call upon the name of the wonderful counselor in someone else's life, we can bring hope in the middle of their circumstances because Jesus is the only hope that, that, will, that will never fail them. You know, I was sitting here and thinking about, about people who have invested in my life and people who bring hope in uncertain times. And, and you know, they're... they're we had just, you know, many of you know, we just moved into a new house and there was some, there was some stuff that happened in the process of the move that just felt really uncertain. We didn't know what was going to be going on. We didn't know all these other things, but there was this guy. I see him almost every day. And um, I see him almost every day and I normally see him twice on Sundays. And he prays for me every day. 
And he prays that my feet will be firmly planted in Jesus and that I won't waver. You see, my buddy Chris has become my pastor. Every pastor needs a good pastor. And I have one. I have one who prays for me every day, who speaks words of hope because he speaks words of life because he speaks words of Jesus in and through his prayers for me. And we have the opportunity to provide that for others as well. Because Chris's words, they're not, they're not profound, but they're life-giving. They're hope-giving. They're something that I need and that we all need, regardless of whether we know we need it or not. See, the counsel of, of Christ is wise, loving, and true. The counsel of Christ brings hope in the middle of uncertain times. And the third reason we can confidently approach the throne of Christ is that the counsel of Christ is available to all who seek it out. James 1.5 says, if, anyone lacks, if any one of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all. That's a fancy little word that means everybody without finding fault. You see, regardless of what's going on in your life, you can approach the throne of Christ. If you're angry, you should approach the throne of Christ and seek Him out. If you're sad, you should approach the throne of Christ and seek Him out. If you're joyful, approach the throne of Christ and seek Him out. If you're, if, if you're happy, approach the throne of Christ and seek Him out. If you're just apathetic, approach the throne of Christ and seek Him out. Do you get the idea here? It doesn't matter. Approach the throne of Christ and seek Him out. Because his wisdom is available to all who seek it out. You see, so when we are spending time with people, when we see people who feel like maybe they don't belong anywhere, the wonderful counselor is available to all. And we have the opportunity in prayer to introduce them to the one who will never leave and never forsake them. And when we do this, when we approach the throne of Christ with confidence, when we approach the throne of Christ with confidence in prayers for one another, an amazing thing happens. You see, when we pray with others in the name of the wonderful counselor, we are helping them approach the throne of Christ. When we pray with others, when we call upon the name of the wonderful counselor because the wisdom that they need is not mine. When we, when we pray with others in the name of the wonderful counselor because the wisdom that I could provide isn't always going to be wise, loving, and true. When we uh, pray with others in the name of the wonderful counselor, I'm the, the wisdom that I can provide will not always be hopeful. When we pray with others in the name of the wonderful counselor, the, the, I am personally am not always available, but the one who is, they can approach because of our confidence, they can approach with confidence themselves. And we help them approach the throne of grace. Psalm 96 says, Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Each day, proclaim the good news that He saves. Publish His glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things that He does. You see, friends, when we approach the throne of grace in prayer with 
others. We are singing to the Lord. We are praising His name. We are singing of the wonderful things that He has done. We are proclaiming His good news for anyone who will hear it. We are sharing the good news of Jesus by praying with one another. So today, today, I have a challenge. At the end of services, you've noticed in this last year, if you've been here for any amount of time, you've noticed we have been doing a thing where we get up and we pray with each other. And I know that this is uncomfortable for some. I know this is something that for some people, this is walking across the aisle and praying with someone else who they, who they may not know is a hard thing for you to do. I know that for some people, this is a moment to exit. I'm challenging you today. Don't let that be today. Because the people who are around you, you may not know how badly they need someone else to be able to approach the throne of Christ with confidence. You may not know how badly they need to hear that a wonderful counselor is available for them because they've never experienced it themselves. You may not know how badly they need you to stand up, walk across an aisle, and pray with them. And help them approach the throne of the wonderful counselor. So my challenge is don't miss this. Don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss this opportunity so they can experience that the counsel of Christ is wise, loving, and true. That they can experience the hope that can be found in uncertain times. And that they can be experience the fact that regardless of situations, regardless of life circumstances, regardless of how they have come in here today, that the wonderful counselor is always available. Sing his praises through your prayers with each other.